Finally, a question about men. In honor of men, what's cinema's creepiest male performance? I'm Katie Rich, and I don't know if this fully counts because of the uh, creature aspect of it, but Dun Jones and Pan's Labyrinth deserve, deserves a whole lot of credit. I'm at Patches, and I don't want to pick Jacob Tremblay twice in a row, so I will go with <laughs> Stanley Tucci in The Lovely Bones when he delivers that line, you're the salmon girl, right? That was classic, your bit. Like, classic Patches was, quotable right Classic cat. Classic Patches bit. Why is my bit <laughs> quoting the creepiest male performance in history? Hmm. Uh, it's a question it for you to ask me. yourself. Men! <laughs> hey, it's me, David the Seven, and I'm going to go with Max Shrek and Nosferatu. Old school. So creepy they made a movie called Shadow of the Vampire Imagining. He was just a vampire. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri. Clear and plain and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Good, then. Well, then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine then, and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine. It's, it's awesome. Podcast. Hello and welcome to Fighting in the War Room. It's episode 392. It is pandemic 113. It is the week of Wednesday, May 18th. That's the day that in 1980, Mount St. Helens erupted. <laughs> yep, that's that's today's fact. Uh, that's a pretty good one, though. Um, that came up in the, in the Sun, Sundance documentary Fire of Love, which I think Neon is putting out later this year. Um, Ooh, yeah. And it's these French volcanologists who I believe were at... Uh, I don't remember if they were at Ma- they Mount were there? I think they I think they were there. That was what they did. They like like saw that volcanoes were on the verge of erupting and like traveled to them. Very wild. Get anyway. a life. <laughs> yeah, that's a documentary you get that gets bought afterwards because you don't insure it beforehand. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it's made off of the footage that they filmed of themselves many years ago. So, um, spoiler alert. Uh, not really, but there's a reason that uh they bought the footage after. Uh, David's not here because he's in France hanging out with French volcanologists. Maybe. Um. But we are we're powering through. Nobody canceled the podcast, uh, despite our shuffling. And uh, Dave, we have an email, right? Uh, we had an email asking us about music, which, of course, you could also do or email us your international reviews at fitwr.podcast at gmail.com. But we do have three reviews from the old US of A that are ah. in the, the old podcast app. Here we go. This first one comes from Jeff, who gave us five stars. Perfect. It says only read this if patches is there. Hey. Patches is here. Yeah. We got him. It's it's a uh it's shoe nice. emoji, <laughs> a plate emoji, <laughs> and a smiley face emoji. Uh, that's the whole review. That's the whole God review. Those three it. emoji. Well before there was the shoe gift, the, the shoe bit, there was the Stanley Tucci uh salmon girl true. bit, but now it's all shoes. I don't yeah, when did Lovely Bones come out? Was that a twenty ten or twenty eleven movie? Two thousand nine? Yeah, that sounds right. That's before You made all your important decisions like uh slightly over a decade ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's all you finally set the template off. for the for your entire life. This is like a Richard Linklater <laughs> movie, but my bits. Um, well, thank you for that review, Jeff. I will say that if you tune into YouTube or Twitter uh on Thursday the twenty sixth of May, all shoe related business will be conducted on that day people keep asking me why i haven't eaten settling all debts yeah people keep asking me why i haven't eaten the shoe yet the movie is not out everybody the tweet is that top gun 2 happens i will eat a shoe it has not happened it may be bowing at can right now but it has not happened officially yet so until you witness it with your own eyes i might have to put this whole thing on ice 
I mean, listen, we learned two years ago that a movie can be slated for a worldwide release and then uh, get postponed forever. So, you know. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't make possible. that happen. I just want to be clear that the pandemic is not related I, to me. And this mm, bit. The, the extent you will go to not have to eat a shoe. And we got one other five-star review. This one's from Andy. It's titled, Just Now Noticing I'm a Katie Rich Diehard. And the text of the review says, Like many of my favorite podcasts, there are a couple of hosts who I find repellent, but I can't stop listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that me? <laughs> Am I repellent? Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> Uh, that's uh, that's oh, it. That's, that's it. it. Oh, shit. Okay, sorry, Katie. I am repelled. Wow, I'm so not used to getting the um yeah. the criticism on here. I gotta toughen no, up. No, no, I think I think it's I think it. You're the only okay one. I'm just now noticing I'm a Katie Rich diehard. Okay, like most of my favorite podcasts, there are a couple of hosts who I find repellent, but I can't stop listening. Mm. I think that's the rest of us. Mm. I think that's a that's a shot in the nuts because she's a Katie Rich. Them, they are a Katie Rich diehard. <laughs> Andy likes Katie Rich. He's, this uh, person is pushing through for Katie and yeah. dealing with the rest of us. That's fair. The five stars well, are for I, Katie, I've and then she's the time. they're not dragging anybody. That's awesome. So that's that, I feel like that's good enough. I'll you take the five stars. can also yeah, you could also leave us a five star review or any number of stars, but we really like it to be five stars. Over on the podcast app, Apple Podcasts algorithm still rules our life. I'm not happy about it. You're not happy about it, but this is this is what we do. <laughs> um. And I guess that is the end of my steering of the podcast. Leave us a review. Send us an email. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we'll do the music break. You the cooling man, you send you up. Freezing cooling, nights and nine twos up. All right. We maybe should have said at the beginning that uh, the format of this episode is loosey goosey because basically Patch has volunteered to do something crazy. And we were like, yeah, great. But not, but not cancel anything and not blow not cancel anything, anything and, and not eat, not eat any uh, footwear. Yeah. I Can think- we talk about Top Gun Maverick enough to cancel the movie <laughs> right now on this podcast? Can we save Patches? Uh, that's, right. that's up to you, Dave. I we're still gonna filibuster it, so. Top Gun Maverick <laughs> <laughs> in the beginning. Um, no, yeah, I think we were all just like ride and figuring out if we were going to be able to do a podcast this week because we were all over the place. Dave, you seem to be seeing a lot of movies. Are you just seeing movies out the wazoo? You're just watching. You're still I mean, watching. I like, I like seeing movies and my critics group out here is still doing uh, still responsible COVID uh, distancing screenings. So wow. I, I, I'm, I'm go and I sit with some space in between me and I keep my mask on and I get to enjoy a movie and for free most of the time. I don't think New York is... Uh, is doing seats between, um, but I have not been to a movie. Actually, well, I saw Doctor Strange, the the power of. I don't know if we talked about this. I didn't just see Doctor Strange. I saw Doctor Strange with my one month old. Did I mention this that they I were don't in know attendance? If you did. It's funny that the discourse was all like, "Can kids see Marvel movies this dark and twisted and scary? <laughs> it's Marvel's first horror movie." And I'm like, "Here is my one month old on my lap." Uh, witnessing Sam Raimi-ness uh, all over the <laughs> yeah. place. And people might be horrified by that, but the Alamo Drafthouse does these uh, Alamo for all screening series where it's like, hey, at 11 a.m., we're going to show this movie just for people with potentially screaming children in attendance. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes it's like actual kids' movies where the kids are running in the aisles and nonsense. But sometimes it's like, okay, all the adults want to see Doctor Strange, but they'll have babies. So yep. that, that was... that. Was, 
that was that. So we were drinking margaritas, um, hanging out with my one month old and watching Doctor Strange conduct magic. That's how I saw Captain Marvel. I took uh, yeah. Sam, who was uh, one month old. Uh, and, and I also took him to see us, not at an Alamo for all streaming, but like an empty multiplex. Uh, so you talk about horrifying your children. That That's my proud parenting moment. <laughs> Great. Um, but yeah, this week, I think we were just kind of at a loss for what to do. And I told you guys that, I, I, I don't know, I was in a, what I would call a sophisticates mood, which uh, mm. some people who listen mm. to this podcast may know that I... Did I do a podcast? I guess I did a podcast for a little while called The Sophisticates with some schmoes that I know. <laughs> do you it's question so long whether ago. or not it happened? <laughs> I'm questioning all reality right now. Where else and, would uh, that name have come from? <laughs> no, I know. It, it did happen. It's just such a... All that things that happened like eight or nine years ago is all starting to fade. But occasionally we bring it up on this podcast. And uh, this is not going to be straight Sophisticates. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I've been having a rough week of... Not just raising a one-month-old, not just thinking about eating a shoe in the name of Top Gun Maverick, but uh, all sorts of things. My daughter and I are both having like sinus infections right now, just heinous burning in my face and mind. Um, what? Not not COVID. Have tested every day. Not co- I wish it was COVID. I just want to like pop a pill now. You could do that with COVID. Yeah, Paxlovid. Seems, yeah, it seems great, but I uh, <laughs> can't test positive. Just dealing with normal being horribly feeling just terrible. So um, in this delirium, though, I've been just jotting down kind of questions. It's more of a, not an AMA, more of an AYA, ask you anything. Um, and, <laughs> and I feel like we should just talk about things. Some of these are going to be pop culture related. Some of them aren't. But I, I just want to get closer to you guys. I'm really, mm, I'm trapped inside yeah. right now. I'm not doing a lot of socializing. And I just want to know... I want to know things. I want to. I'm thinking big. I'm thinking small. And I'm. I'm literally going to just read through these questions as I wrote them down in a notepad app. And um. And we're gonna go. We're just gonna go. Yeah. It, um. Let's do it. Now here's my first question. I put this out on Twitter. There's some mixed results. Um. And I need to bring it here for definitive answers. Is Elmo a Muppet? Is Elmo oh. a Muppet? I saw your tweet about this. Yes. I feel like he's objectively, yes, a Muppet. Why is he and objectively, was... yes, a Muppet King? Why is Elmo, who is on Sesame Street and is a monster by his own declaration, a Muppet? I believe that all mm. of the Muppet, all of the residents or all the puppet residents of Sesame Street are Muppets because they're made by the Henson Workshop. Uh, puppets made by the Henson Workshop. That's not true because mm, there are okay. other Henson Workshop puppets that are not Muppets, I think. Okay. And the Muppets are owned by Disney. Like the Muppets, you, Disney owns the Muppets. Warner sure. Brothers owns Sesame Street. So there is some sort of business line in the sand between the Muppets and Sesame Street. I would also say okay. the Muppets were part of a, a show called The Muppets Show, right? Uh-huh. And they, are, they refer to themselves as the Muppets, but Elmo does not. He refers to himself as a monster. I'm really waiting for Dave to come in here. He's just like peering. The tears are turning. Is I'm, I feel like I'm working on Dave here and that I'm swaying him in silence. Are you like trying to convince me that, that Elmo is not a Muppet? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, there's a lot, of, a lot of people responded to me on Twitter about Elmo being a Muppet. Like, of course he is sending me links to an article on a few different, on a few different Muppet blogs. That are, the reasoning is he just is. 
I'm like, that's mm, not that's not good enough anymore for me. Just because Jim Henson created him, I'm thinking. Here's what I'm. I want to appeal to Dave here a little bit, which is, does Muppet uh-huh. is Muppet like a tight? Is it is it a group of people? Like, is there an uppercase Muppet and a lowercase Muppet? And yes, maybe I'm yes, actually so thinking uppercase Muppet and a lowercase. And case. maybe I'm thinking of up, Elmo's not an uppercase Muppet, and he's actually a maybe he's a lowercase Muppet in the creation creative terms. Yeah. I would but go with that. He's not part of so, Muppet society. I like. Well, I is like that just because he's a kid? Like, will he be a Muppet when he grows up? No, I think you have to be part of the Muppet Show to be in a, a Muppet. I think you have to. You have to be an, empl- an employed Muppet. Yeah, like Steve, was Steve Martin on? Was he a cast member of Saturday Night Live? No, wait, no, uh, hang on. Yeah, he no, was he not. was not. He was okay. on the show a yeah. lot, and he like yeah. exists okay. in Saturday Night Live lore. But he was not on SNL, so he wouldn't be a cast mm, member. Okay. So okay. just because you exist in the aura of the thing, of the Muppets. <laughs> so you're saying that Muppet is a state of employment? I guess I'm starting to veer that way. That Muppets is like, you have to be Very on the Muppet show. You have to be you. part of the group. Mm, I would say, first of all, um, uh, Elmo is a lowercase muppet a marionette puppet hybrid so it has puppets and then his arms are connected with the little the the, the sticks uh, i don't think like i could have told like you that's that. why it's called muppet that's really interesting um but in terms of being an uppercase muppet i would say that's almost more like the black panthers uh the corporation can't make you a muppet you have to be accepted in the community of muppets ah. in order to like go do it because i think the whole point of the vibe of the Muppets uh, Jason Siegel reboot movie is like if the corporations take control of the Muppets that's hmm. not Muppets the Muppets are the Muppets so I would say Elmo is a lowercase m Muppet he calls himself a monster because he is not self-aware he does not know that he is a Muppet mm-hmm. um, or he's like I a do... kid who doesn't know like he might not know what the Muppet show is yeah or something like that yeah or maybe he doesn't aspire to be a Muppet because every time he meets Kermit it's in some sort of weird we hybrid all dream world seen um Muppet Family Christmas, my favorite holiday special, which was does not exist on like VHS or DVD because it is uh, the special. It's from the late '80s. It's when Fozzie Bear brings all of the Muppet Show cast members to his mom's house for Christmas unexpectedly. She was going to go to Hawaii, and then lo and behold, the Sesame Street gang joins them, and then they find Fraggles in the house, so they're all together celebrating Christmas, wow. and it's all the different. Jim Henson creations all and it's called Muppet Family Christmas, which would lead you to believe that all of them are Muppets celebrating they, as a family. But or that Fozzie's house is Muppets and they have invited all Muppets and non Muppets alike to spend Christmas with them. That's right. That's right. Because the Fraggles are the Fraggles Muppets. Big question too, because in the spe- in the holiday special, Kermit is like, Oh, you never heard of Fraggles? They live in the walls. Um, so he does not regard them as Muppets or part of the family necessarily. They're wild beasts that live about. Are they, are they part of the family by the end of the special? Well, they give each other the like gifting stone and whatnot. Hugs and kisses. I think and the, Robin the, the lowercase the lowercase M is uh, you know, technical definition at least to me. Uh, one of my favorite things I've ever gotten to do being an entertainment reporter was interview a whole bunch of the original Muppet Show performances. Mm. And uh, my last question, and one they said they had never gotten before, and therefore I've always remembered it, was what Muppet would you gift with the sentience of knowing that they were being puppeteered, that they <laughs> were a puppet? 
and the fact that they had like never been asked that i think unwraps the whole like layer muppet cake where it's like kermit and piggy didn't get married in muppets take manhattan that was characters they were playing getting married you know like they're they're muppet actors who were on the show and then you know they decide they're gonna adapt a christmas carol right that makes sense with like treasure island and all that stuff yeah yeah so they're the muppets are actors that are part of a group called the muppets that is completely about a feeling of family and wanting to help each other which is why you could have christmas this is why elmo is not a muppet He's he's not part of the family of Muppets as much as he is technically a marionette puppet. Yeah, it sounds like mafia shit now. Well, I have many uh, other. Wait, wait, wait! wait, wait. Uh, what, what what Muppet yeah. do you get? What Muppet do you give sentience to? Uh, either of you? My answer was Scooter because at least he'd realize he still had responsibilities. <laughs> what do you think would happen if the Muppets realized like they would just like give up on all of it? Wow. I mean, I think Scooter would be like, oh, we still got a show to put on and I'm still the stagehand, so let's go team, you know? I think he'd be okay with realizing his, his place But he puppet. knows he wouldn't be the stagehand anymore. Oh. Wow. Doesn't yeah, have I hand. would pick uh, Guy Smiley because he would then investigate the truth of uh, what's really going on. Although I guess he's a Sesame Street character, not a Muppet Show character. I don't remember. I feel like uh, Statler and Waldorf would really not change their behavior at all. <laughs> no. Uh, and therefore, maybe they're the ones to do they it. They would heckle. Oh, oh, oh. More of the Lacerdan and oh. Just as like the, the, the wave of existence hit them at the end of their joke. <laughs> oh, wait. I had one last question. You brought up the Jason Segel Muppet movies. Is his, who's his friend? Is, yeah, is Walter uh, uh, yeah, Is Walter Muppet? a Muppet? This no. is my question. He's not? We, he is now. He is now. No. He joined, but like at the beginning of the movie, he's not a Muppet? No, he's not a Muppet. Because he like looks up to them, but like, what would he identify as then? I don't think you can make yourself a Muppet. So what does I think Walter he needs think that he is? From the organization, he's like very I mean, well think... aware that the Muppets exist and like loves them. But like, what what does he what would he call himself? Walter is a piece of shit. Wow. Forever. Wow. We don't care for Walter. I mean, why are we mad at Walter? I don't like Walter. That's fair. He's fake. I think he would deflect and just say he's a person. And then we'd have to be like, oh, God, I don't want to get into this. That's like the easiest way to deflect is the Muppets are inherently a, you know, like a group, a group hallucination. The same way <laughs> when they interview celebrities, like fully professional, like whole ass celebrities will look Miss Piggy in the eye when they're on the set with her, you know, yeah. like so it's, there's a certain amount of uh, group uh, uh, buying into it with the Muppets. And I don't think you have to if you're a puppet. Also, I think you're, you're taking that uh, buy in. Uh, as part of being part of the project in general. It would be really weird for me if at any point during the Muppets, it just sort of the pump to the someone just lifted a character off to reveal a hand. I would, that would be world-breaking for oh, me. Oh yeah, it'd be horrible. Katie, I have a very... Okay. This is, uh, maybe this is a narrow question. Your, your son is in kindergarten, right? Yes. Do kids still learn handwriting? Not so far, but he's still just learning, like, how to write letters. You we know? think kids like, should learn handwriting. I think they do. We're talking about, like, cursive handwriting? Well, oh, I, yeah, this, this, is, is, this is a bullet point under my first question okay. about handwriting. Cursive is, like, is, is cursive going to be a lost art and doesn't matter if it's a lost art? Or, I this, think cursive my is going away. Is like, I get chills when I'm, like, worried about lost arts. And I'm like, oh, we can't lose any arts. We got to teach kids cursive for no reason. 
Well, that's you saying that cursive is an art, which I don't know that I would agree with your premise. Um, I do think cursive is going away, but I think learning handwriting is like, like, cause you practice putting those letters like on the little dotted paper. Like that's all still happening. Like, yeah, like Charlie, like that, like does his J's backwards and he's like learning to fix that. But like, just by practicing it. Yeah. Is that what the Joker does? He's twisted. (laughs) No, he's twisted. Um, (laughs) I think by by practice of learning it, you like learn to make clear lettering, which I think, I mean, my handwriting is god awful, but you know, if it, I hadn't learned handwriting, it'd be even worse. My parents have beautiful handwriting. Your parents have mm. nice handwriting. Does anyone's parents my mom have- was my mom was a teacher for a long time, so she has great handwriting. My dad has horrendous handwriting, <laughs> like <Really>? illegible. <laughs> oh my god! Like, uh, like he's not a doctor, but it's like full doctor handwriting. So that's where I get it from. My appreciation of handwriting has grown uh, when it was, I was a kid. I remember I didn't close off my A's, my lowercase A's, because the way that I made them wasn't like draw a circle. It was sort of like a U that I would connect. So it was two uh, lines going to meet each other. I realize people can't see me on Zoom, no, I but can see I swear doing it with my hands. Um, uh, so I do remember a long period of time where my dad was like, fill this sheet with A's. And I'd be like, oh, wow. no, he's like, until you connect it every time, wow. you gotta do it. So I did it. Uh, but then I unlearned all of those things very fast, uh, getting into standardized testing, because it's like, you write an essay as fast as you can, as fast as you could put the ideas together. And I was like, honestly, if they can't read what I wrote, that's probably more to my side in terms of <laughs> right, people who right. are creating tests and are trying <laughs> to fill things in. give you the benefit in. of the doubt that what you wrote was smarter than It's not than my was. fault you're... Cheap standardized test booklet smudge the, the graphite <laughs> across this. Yeah, my, my problem was that my handwriting would smudge across the paper. Like, however I hold a pencil uh, would just, I would have giant blotches of graphite on my hands by the end of a standardized test essay. That's not good. Yeah, Maybe I, I was sweating a little, too. I was probably nervous. Um, well, it's all changed in uh, older life because I like have since become a designer of titles and animations and stuff, and I can recognize my handwriting is still like a serial killer, but I take I don't take uh, great handwriting for granted anymore, and I kind of wish I could uh, lock myself into more of those good habits. This is a next level thought, and there's no question or answer here, but we should probably, Katie, get our kids into like ergonomics and um, like correctly typing on machines that do not give them carpal tunnel by age oh. 12 right like they're mm. gonna be more fucked up than we are and my hands hurt i'm using a That's keyboard true. all the time it sucks and they're I gonna also, be I didn't using learn computers to... your kid uses a computer in kindergarten Mm-hmm. that's yours will too i know uh, I, they gotta get good keyboards i didn't learn how to properly type until i was in like 10th grade though and i think they're gonna learn that a lot faster than we did so oh we had typing in fourth grade i hated it wow hated it but it was machines pre-computer typing machines that's they were they were just well they were technically computers but they weren't like a cpu and a screen it was just one thing mostly keyboard and you wrote the one you know you wrote on one line mm-hmm. and that line would disappear but they, they had us like home keys and stuff which i get and patches maybe you're right maybe we've learned more about ergonomics of typing but i Never that stuff never stuck with me. I might close my lowercase a's now, but I never use the home keys. My mind just wow. knows where the letters are now. Use the force, Dave. Um, <laughs> I do. Yeah. Well, R.I.P. handwriting. I guess I don't know what. Do you think happen. it's? Do you think cursive's an art? Is that what you're preparing to say here? I mean, my mom has beautiful cursive handwriting. It seems also good for like short. It's not shorthand. Shorthand is its own uh, code to unlock, but. 
it certainly would help people write neater. I mean, it is it is beautiful, but it, it is yeah. out the of only style. Time... There's no reason to use it. Pe- most people can't read it. Well, but like people the still learn calligraphy. The only time I use it is in a dark theater. Yeah. Oh, I see. Like that's more like an art. Like yeah. what I was saying. Like I, I, my, th- my mom learned calligraphy, and her calligraphy pens are still like fucking cool to me. Yeah. But like in terms of like using actual script, they used to tell us when we were learning it. I think in like middle school, they're like, "You need to do this because all adult writing is in script." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Nope." Pretty quickly learned that wasn't it's true. Definitely is not uh, true. They're like, all your college papers are gonna have to be written in script. So like, well, the turn that was that wasn't true. Nope. But I still use it in the dark in movie theaters if I don't have a light on my pen because I don't. So I know I'm still doing one word. Wow. That's the only time I still use cursive. Based on the uh, conservative agenda in more red leaning states that would like to revert our education system back as far as possible, I would. You know, kids might be using quills more in certain parts of the country. So I would love it if we could distract them. Like, if we can turn like cursive into the new like moral panic and like, like focus on that as opposed to like gen- yes. yeah, like yeah, like keep gen- critical race theory, make them all focus on cursive. That sounds great. Liberals want to make our hand our. <laughs> they just want us to use computers. They're making our yeah. writing illegible so that make those they can take advantage. Cursive. We make need those to kids get cursive uh, back in school. Write papers about the 1619 project Yeehaw. in cursive. Jesus Christ. Okay, moving on here. <laughs> um, so this, this week I read that Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford are going to star in a Yellowstone spinoff. Yep. Uh, 1932, I think. I didn't actually write that part down. Um, I just think this is interesting. This is embarrassing is what I wrote down. This is embarrassing. Is this embarrassing or am I overreacting to two major movie stars doing a Paramount Plus Yellowstone spinoff? Are, are there no have rules in movies for old people? Have you ever watched a minute of Yellowstone? People? I have watched one episode of Yellowstone, yes. I'm not saying that okay. the show itself is embarrassing. I'm starting to like gnash my teeth over movie. I'm starting to gnash my teeth over streaming content, getting the movie star and movie era like. Uh, being put on a pedestal or something like you guys don't deserve Helen Mirren so, and Harrison Ford. This is the same reaction I had to like. I'm, I'm sorry. If though, if, if being the Ricardos got nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars, that was also an affront to cinematic art to me. Like, don't do you feel put about a TV a show that that show barely exists. Like, poor. Yeah, but it's got ma- massive movie stars in a show that doesn't exist. This is That's my question. depressing. That is depressing. I don't know what I'm mad about with Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford getting theirs and doing a big, like, yeehaw western throwback television show, but something is making me mad. And actually, Katie, I'll, I'll <laughs> this is not, don't take this personally, but so Vanity Fair also ran a big story about Star Wars, right? You guys mm-hmm. did, like, Annie mm-hmm. Leibowitz. Star Wars photos, which you guys always do. It is a tradition. It is a tradition. But this round was about the streaming shows. Yep. Mm -hmm. This made me mad. This (laughs) made me mad. I'm like, these photos are for the movie. Get your bastardized Disney Plus streaming Star Wars shit out of Vanity Fair. Come on. This is the hell, Mando. I don't know what I'm mad about either, but I'm mad about like, Stealing the movie stars, stealing the movies, like porting it over. Disgust. <laughs> so we're talking about Red 2's Helen Mirren <laughs> and uh, the young Indiana Jones Chronicles Harrison he Ford. He appeared in one uh, episode. He did, Fuck off. but he did do it. 
He did I do mean, it at the height of Harrison Ford. He does seem very interested in not working that much these days. So I was intrigued by the fact that he signed on to this. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, have you if read I were about Harrison Ford? If you were Harrison Ford, would you be working right now? But here's the thing. I don't know if you've read much about the Taylor Sheridan. Now I'm making the case for why this is good. That's great. You've completely wound me up. <laughs> Taylor Sheridan, Yellowstone is an empire. I mean, the, oh, what yeah. they're doing there is incredible, not just from like a content perspective. It is an empire that they've built a whole ranch. They have like, they own giant plots of land where they're raising cattle just for the shows. They're raising horses just for the shows. Like, it is a huge operation. So when, I guess Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren get to go spend months on a ranch riding horses and just kind of like playing in the sandbox and it's it does sound like a fun sandbox when you put it that way to live out west sounds like a great alternative Harrison Ford to already the does yeah the easy so commute maybe that's maybe that's the appeal there but i just i can't get over my secondary question here was just like has the streaming era resulted in any stars like movie star level people like this content just feels so disposable no one will watch. I mean, a lot of people watch. Yes. The Streaming era resulted in any movie star level. Like people. Millie Bobby Brown might be the most famous person created by streaming content. But like, and that guy from Bridgerton, whose name, Renee. Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't me. done I don't watch it. Rege, yeah. Rege he's Rege famous Jean Page. in theory. He hasn't, he, he hasn't yeah. done anything. He hasn't though. done he's anything. Theory. He's like a hopeful, maybe a, he, we, we are fan casting him for James Bond or something. But like, yeah. But what are we? What what are we comparing it to? Like to George Clooney leaving ER and starting to do movies. Yes. TV's TV's. I think Dave's point is that like TV has kind of always been like a, a place that you go and you do what you can and then you got to get out and make. But like, I don't think that I don't. I think people who are on streaming shows are more famous than people in movies. Often, like you don't have to have like They're jumped off to Instagram. a movie career. They have a lot of Instagram followers. Are they famous? Oh, are they glamorous famous movie stars? What about Uzo Aduba? I mean, she still mostly does television, but she's very famous. Is she? No. Laverne Cox? I'm thinking about Orange is the New Black People. Laverne Cox is big. Yeah, no, I think Laverne Cox is probably the most successful celebrity to emerge from. That is a good, that is a good suggestion. Um, yeah, Hang you on. know what I'm... this is all in the back of my brain is like, we used to say movie stars who stepped down and did a television show, that's embarrassing. And then there was a prestige era of television where it's like, no, go to TV and like do your thing because that's where good stories are being told. And now I feel like we're back. I feel like doing television sucks now again, and it's embarrassing to be on a TV show. Like, there is a Julia Roberts television show right now that nobody watches. It does not exist. It's in not streaming now. Culture. It's premium cable. It's true. Um, it's, it's the content churn era. What about Claire Foy of The Crown? Uh, if that girl with a tattoo, dragon tattoo movie had blown up for her, maybe. But oh, what about Julia not Garner? No, nah, not famous. Interesting. She's chameleon. Inventing Anna, people don't even know it's her from Ozark. What about Pedro Pascal? Uh, Mandalorian's a streaming show. But he was famous before. What? I mean, he was... A he's, fan he's favorite on like Game of Thrones. Three times who was on like, in Mandalorian. He was on like seven episodes of Game of Thrones. Like, yes, that's where he eight years famous. ago. No. Yeah, but like, would you call him famous for that? He's not famous for Mandalorian. You don't. I mean, he's he like appeared, making no. Ma you know like who's famous for Mandalorian? Nicholas Cage. The Mandalorian. No, that movie bombed. 
I know, but I mean, he's also he's also in the historically awful The Bubble. I don't know. Dave, what do you, like, do you think that, that Pedro Pascal is famous uh, for I don't the Mandalorian? Know why these, I don't know why these two metrics are tied to each other. <laughs> Just because television can't boot a movie star doesn't mean that television is now shameful. If anything, it's really kind of sad that you're either doing television with Harrison Ford or you're doing a reality series and there's not room for a budget, budgeted series in between those two things. Mm. Um, that's more concerning to me. I don't want to make movie stars. I like, I don't like, oh, I don't we got get plenty. that being. No, movie stars are great. We're running out of movie stars. They're, they're no, diminishing. Uh, I mean, we're running out of gigantic movie stars, but like, just because Tom Cruise is having his, his Maverick moment where, you know, he single handedly burst through the pandemic by making big budget movies for theaters and he's never going to let them go to streaming because Hoorah. like theaters forever. <laughs> Doesn't mean that like I I want more of those things. That's like something only he can do. So now it's now it's like you can't bet against Tom Cruise and James Cameron. And really, that's as large as the list should get at any any given point. I don't mm. need I don't need those those swing for the fences things. I would much rather have. Uh, I think what happened patches. I don't I don't think you're wrong, but I think what happened is we went through prestige TV, and now. It's a crapshoot if I go to a theater or if I boot up a streaming show on if it's going to be any good. I can't just be like, that was good for TV or that was good mm. for movies. They have like equal fucking budgets now. They have the same uh, crews behind it. A lot of them are from like the same exact same companies. It's more that like TV has a mean better chance to be good and movies have a mean better chance to be worse. Interesting. Is how I why, see do, why does TV have oh, a mean no. better chance to be good? Like, I, there's a, a lot of terrible no, all TV All television out there. is bad. That's interesting Ooh. take. I mean, I, all, all television it can be bad, but it's like we're not living in a world of like, even like going back with everybody watching Game of Thrones, the, the, they're only being smaller uh, group watch experiences means that there is also a diversity of other things to watch. There's not three networks that are only worried about what they put on in prime time. I just think we have a better chance of finding better TV. Mm. I, I will say I I'm watching the that. kids in the hall revival and it is joyous. Um, so maybe not all TV. Wait, I wrote down too many <laughs> questions. Oh no, I have to hurry. Okay. How do we feel about killing bugs? Are we, uh, mm. have we come around on this? Like, I'm back and forth, man. My daughter just had a tick okay. on her ear, like in the middle Ugh. of the day inside. And I was like, what Ugh. the fuck is happening? Kill you gotta that kill that. Uh, no, we killed Yeah, no. oh my God. There's, there's no saving a tick. You flush that down the toilet right away. But then I saw a spider that looked like a tick and I was like, die. And I was like, then I felt bad. So mm. I asked you, how do we feel about killing bugs? And do you draw a line somewhere? I go back and forth on it. I try to, I like when the kids want to like jump on a bug for the sake of it, like usually it's ants and I usually discourage that. But then the other day they were like entertaining themselves for a good long while, which is like pouring cups of water on trails where ants had been walking and probably drowning ants as a result. But then like it didn't like it was entertaining them. And I it was science. It I was science. that to happen. Yeah. I think it's more about like, I mean, we're not talking about kids though, right? We're talking about like as people in general. I'm talking about if there's a fly like buzzing around your house, do you try and swat it dead or do you try and get it out of your house by opening a door and, and leading it to freedom? 
<laughs> I would say swatted dead, but sometimes it's just like if you're in the car and like there's a fly buzzing around the window, you just roll down your window. Like the easiest way is to get just let them let them go. Dave. I agree with the easiest way, but I also kill without, without thinking a second thought. But you live with a two vegan. Things. Interesting. Well, yeah, two things from my childhood. One is um, we had a grasshopper infestation at one point because uh, our house was being constructed. And my mom said that uh, she would make us uh, grasshopper pie, which we didn't know at the time didn't include grasshoppers, ah. if, we, <laughs> if we collected enough grasshoppers. So that's how we... Uh, hunted grasshoppers to do population control uh, and then we got ladybugs and they were like no no we bought these ladybugs don't hunt the ladybugs <laughs> so I had to like I basically had hunting licenses for bugs uh -huh. as a child the second thing is I used to hang out with much more Christian people and uh, there was this one lady who insisted that if like you're too nearest to bees you're just like uh, a Bees get behind the devil, and you say that out loud, and the bees won't sting you. And I was with uh, her son one time when he got stung after doing that. So I was just like, "Fuck it, it's wow. us or them." Yeah, there is an a early bit of moment us versus for Dave. Them feeling for me when it comes to like horse flies and just like it, I, I don't understand why you exist on this planet. I guess we're enemies, and I'll destroy you. But I say, if you're really bugs, in the, thing the stink bugs that are just like slow creatures. Yeah. I'm like, get on this piece of paper and I will put you outside. Yeah. I feel the way about I, spiders. I, I, I like spiders. Yeah, yeah I think no, you, I, I try you and can also do it. You can also do it based on, you know, your understanding of the bug. But I think my problem with a whole, like, no-kill policy is, like, if that's true, you are driving your car at ungodly speeds through oh, an right. air tunnel of things that are getting killed killing, all the you're time. Killing yeah, you're killing bugs more often than you can ever imagine. Oh. Constantly. Exactly. And with like a what's a bug? Like I have mics in my eyebrows that have fuck? lived with me for like we all have everybody that? does. Okay. Sure do. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And so like do yeah, I, don't we I, eat like 30 do spiders I care a year for them? Do I kill for them? Or something like that. But like also if it doesn't like kill you, some people are out there like eating shoes and shit. There's weirder <laughs> things to be eating. All right, all right. <laughs> Here's are either of you um like uh are you afraid of heights? Yeah. Yes. Both of you are afraid of heights. Yep. Yes. So, I've been thinking about this. How high is too high? Like, when do you know you're too high? It depends and on what the is context, it? right? Like, if I'm on yeah, a ladder, it on... it's really different from if I'm in a building. Exactly. If it, it depends how much support I have in staying as high as I want. I'm not afraid of heights. I'm terrified of falling from heights. Mm. So much so that my imagination will be like, I remember going to Original World Trade Center and they had a part on the top level where you could step out onto really thick glass. Yep. So you could look down and look directly down. Nope. Almost peed myself, really? literally. I get my, my, my hands are getting sweaty just thinking about it. Because my mind can... I've had enough falling dreams or something. My mind could be mm. like, and then the railing wasn't there. Yep. And I, my body feels it as if it was true. And that's why I am very careful. I used to feel that way about like glass elevators in... I don't mm. know, Disney Orlando hotels or something. That's where I would have imagined myself in a glass elevator. Uh, but, uh, uh -huh. that, that used to scare me as a kid. Not anymore, I don't think, but I still have dreams. I, I have dreams where I'm in an elevator that doesn't have like rails and I'm trying to make sure I'm not close enough to falling off. Ooh. I don't know if anyone else has height, height fear dreams, but... Um, I, I, have, I used to have dreams where I'd be... Um, at a Rockies game at Chorus Field, at the baseball field, 
and I'd have like third level seats with like one of those bars Ooh. and I'd just be leaning on the bar watching the game and then the bar would just break. Yeah, and those that, are, that's my dream. Those are tough. So how, how do you, so Katie, you, well, the Vanity Fair office is still in one is World in Trade? one World Trade Center. Yeah. And you've I been mean, in that office, building, right? Yeah. I mean, if, in that building, I think certainly when we moved in, it was something to get used to and like, but if you lean against the glass of it, like if I really leaned over, I could like maybe does that building feel sway? the vertigo? Because our not old really. building, We're not our that old high building up. at UGO, like twelve years ago, which uh, it was this black sky rise across from the Late Show, whatever that building is on Broadway, it would sway. Jordan Hoffman yeah. and I were in an office right against the window, and you could see it move because it's like yeah. a suspension what floor bridge. Were you on? I mean, we must have been on like 45 or something. Yeah, I mean, 41 is as high as we ever were in One World Trade. And the bottom of that building is so reinforced. Like it is made so that if a bomb goes off in the in the basement, the building will be fine. So like, I think it is so fortressy that it didn't do that. I bet at the top it sways. I've been in buildings that sway like that, though. It's spooky. I'm such a post 9-11 kid at heart that I'm just like, whoa, how high can I go in a building? I'm scared of just like being in a sky. It's not even a height sphere. It's just like, oh, it's like a claustrophobia sphere. Yeah, like it a, is. Um, where That's how I thought at the UGO building years ago. But I don't, I, I was trying to figure out like how high my daughter asked me if I would go to the moon recently. Um, mm. And I was like, would I go <laughs> to space now? As a kid, I would have been like, yeah, send me to space. I want to go to space. And now I'm just like, I don't know. Space? Find, That's pretty I high. I find space scary for reasons that have nothing to do with height. I mean, I guess nothing to do with heights, but more about like the So you've, you've now gone high enough that height doesn't even matter with space. Well, it's more about the like the isolation, the like one thing goes wrong and you're totally on your own. I, I find the middle of the ocean scary for the same reason, just like the vastness and the emptiness I is uncomfortable. Lots of things to be mm-hmm. scared of. Uh, really I are. always think about if you're, dir- <laughs> if you're drifting in space, like that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. Like there's a certain point where it's like, well, I'm going in this direction forever, uh-huh. and I missed my chance to ever get rescued by anybody. Yep. That's that's the part that I learned about space uh, that made me not want to do space anymore. Yeah, space Here's camp my, was fun uh, though. You should send you should send oh, her right, to space camp. Right. You went. To space. We've definitely done episodes on that. I couldn't reference them, but uh, if people yeah, listen to every single episode camp. of Fighting in the World. You'll listen to Dave talk about space. Um, okay, very important question: What size Ziploc bags do you guys keep in your house? you feel like you have a lot of different size Ziploc bags? You do not subscribe to the Ziploc bag theory? Gallon and sandwich. You, get, mm-hmm. you got both. Those are the two sizes we need. So yeah. yeah. Why do we do yeah. that? Why do you, what do we you use, use them for? We use gallon bags a lot for like leftovers or like we'll rinse them out. Like if we put like, really? like, like right now, Right now, there's like a hunk of Parmesan cheese that we got from Costco. And if you put it in a bag, it'll like, it won't grow mold as quickly. But then like once you're done with it, you just like rinse it out and use it again. Rinse it out in the sink or rinse? You don't yeah, put it like, in a like, dishwasher. Like, no, no, no. But like run a little bit of soap on it and then you're good. Yeah, it if it's keeping what the it same is. thing. Like if it's had like a like chili in it, like you're probably not going to be able to reuse it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, uh, so like bacon is sold in little bacon packages that are usually not very resealable, mm-hmm. but are also too long to like fit They're in something. Long, yeah. You just, yep, freezer bag. You just fold the bacon in half and throw it in a gallon Ziploc yep. bag, and that gallon Ziploc bag could be rinsed off and used for bacon until the bag falls apart. Mm-hmm. Do you keep a lot of sandwiches in sandwich bags? No, that's actually for like usually non food things, but like things yeah, that yeah. need to be of, collected. Like, here's that... all of my highlighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
We actually use... They're like little, little pencil bags. We yeah, have uh, bags. a vast Lego collection in Gallon Freezer ah, Bags, actually. Ooh. Like, every like Charlie has all these little boxes of Lego things, and we put the instructions and the people in them, and they're in a big tub. It's I working so that, far. Uh, I don't know how long that'll last. Yeah, I hope not all of our listeners subscribe to uh, mommy bloggers and the such, but um, I feel like there's a mommy blogger Instagram uh, movement to take all of your, like, board games and take them out of boxes and put them in Ziploc bags for storage reasons. I will never do this. This is sacrilege. <laughs> to get rid of a board game box is offensive to me. But, yeah, um, I do find something weird about some that. It works for some people. Legos for me, because, like, the Lego boxes I'll never are all go different full sizes, Marie Kondo. Yeah. and they're not that durable. Like, a Monopoly box is pretty durable. Like, it is made well to contain Monopoly for a long time. That's great. And, and you want to remember that box. Iconic. Um, my, my secondary question here was, do you use a lot of plastic at home? I've recently thrown out every single plastic like container. In. I don't want any plastic in my mm. house. I don't know. I'm mm. losing my mind. I'm just like, I don't I want to make sure I don't put any plastic in my dishwasher. I don't really want to interact with plastic very often. Is what that, are you replacing? That's it aspirational, with? but I can't. I can't do that. Yeah. I mean, I could try really hard, but well, I don't what think would I you? What do you use that's plastic? That's like, do you store leftovers in plastic, or what's in plastic? Some leftovers in plastic. The kids have plastic cups um, and plates. I'm all in on Pyrex. Uh, plas- plastic storage bins, uh, like a lot, mm. of, including Legos, um, are in a Those big are plastic storage fine. tub. What's the yeah? What's the plastic that you're getting rid of? You can of, get like, rubber tubs. You can get rubber tubs. Yeah, more. Yeah, maybe tubberware. I guess some of them are rubber. Um, but like, I'm not going to replace the current plastic that I have with rubber just for the sake of having less plastic. That's more wasteful. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. Right? Yeah, you're I'm buying re- something it's, it's new about, and putting you're putting plastic about waste, into the about, waste stream. Well, it's not about waste. It's about health. It's I. I I mean, I are you worried about, about like you worried about your microplastics? Yeah, yeah I'm worried about no, microplastics. No, that's I'm worried a, about that's being around plastics. Microplastics is something you're not in control of, and you're going to go in the ocean and be exposed to microplastics. And like, th- and like that's like about like I'm going to go in the ocean and, and be exposed and, like, to plastics. Yeah, there's <laughs> microplastics in the ocean. Are you kidding? When I go swim around and have fun in the in the ocean, I'm getting microplastics on me. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Which part of micro is not uh, computing? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's all, it's like the, the real thing is like food with less packaging, like there are like fewer packages from Amazon. Like there's lots of way to reduce plastic that isn't like don't use plastic containers in your house that you already have. Yeah, I think a lot of mine is, is uh, food packaging. So like even if you're getting like a large hunk of cheese or whatever, that cheese is some sort of container or plastic on it. Yeah. And that's generally what it is. Yeah. And it, it, I guess if you think about it, it breaks down to I'm too lazy to do daily food runs. Like I've lived with a refrigerator slash that sort of thing my entire life. Plus like all the fantastic chemicals we had in the 90s that I didn't really know, but enjoyed. Like I, I would feel weird. Maybe it would be easier in New York where that was more acceptable, but I'd feel weird in Denver if it was like every day I'm waking up to get my meats and my cheeses and my vegetables. And you know what? I'll be doing that tomorrow. Mm. As I, can. I don't want to live that lifestyle. Uh, okay. So this, this might be more of a Dave question, but Katie, I think you can rack your brain. Sure. Well, Dave, was the Sokovia Accords successful? <laughs> do we, are, we, do we, are we fans of the Sokovia Accords? Did it work? Mm, Sokovia Accords successful. What were they intending to do? So the Sokovia Accords were just like all, all the, all the superheroes should uh, check in, right? Like, this is where Black right. Panther's they dad need, gets need, killed. 
right? When they make yeah. the Sokovia Accords? <laughs> At the signing of the Sokovia Accords, of course. Right. Yeah. No, you need... Katie uh, with a great need, pull uh, there. I mean, I'm yeah, just trying to remember one. what we're talking about. <laughs> you need uh, oversight of superheroes uh, so that they're being controlled by governments, essentially, uh, is what the Sokovia Accords are supposed to do. Did it work? No, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I guess I was thinking about like we're pretty far past the Sokovia Accords in terms of what's happened in the Marvel timeline. I'm not sure if it seems like I'm it pretty, or not. I'm pretty sure they haven't uh, gotten into why it didn't work yet because I think that's coming up. Really? Uh, in what? Well, space. We just learned uh, that uh, Secret Invasion is going to take place during the blip which is interesting because we know Samuel Jackson's in it, but also saw him get dusted. So, scrolls everywhere. Uh, that might be a good time to uh, re-regulate governments versus superheroes. It'd be some time during there. It also looks like, if I could tell from the uh, She-Hulk teaser, that she uh, was trained during the blip as well, because the Hulk that is training her has two working arms, which means he has not snapped the Infinity Gauntlet yet. Uh, so, I think we're going to backtrack a little bit. And catch up with uh, some government shit. Wow. I didn't realize that we would be getting more Sokovia Accords insight and lore. You Thank didn't God. know how close you were to the well, heart they're building of up to like, They're building up to the Thunderbolts. Uh, and, you know, uh, William Hurt's dead now, so it might change a little bit. But I think, yeah, they're going to come back to that storyline, or at least governments in some sense, uh, before we go, like, super cosmic. But anyway, it didn't work. Uh, and I also, uh, I see why they need to exist, but also don't don't agree with it. I feel like over a gov- government regulation of uh, superheroes is something you'd be, uh, like if this was really happening, Dave, you'd be really against it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's how I, I mean, I understand the need for it, obviously, because I watch the boys and stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm very much against it. Because like, in a world without superpowers, like, that's just like, criminalizing that's saying like batman should register and then once batman's registered it's just about paying your way to be better than the cops like there's all sorts of weird loopholes once you're like we're going to decide who could be superheroes because the whole idea i think of superhero literature is anyone could be a superhero if you just decide that you want to do good you know so you think superheroes are antithetical to cops in like the ideal version of the way that works uh, I'm saying uh, we have a peacekeeping force that the government controls, and that's the police and the military, and being able to be like, oh, because you phase through walls, or because you're super smart, or because you're a billionaire who built a bat battle suit, uh, we've now deemed you superhero. It's like, uh, that, that goes against the Robin Hoodness and the Zoro-ness of what we like in our masked, our masked heroes. It goes against masks, too, but blah, 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 blah. So th- this week I read someone surfaced a statistic from years ago, but this is probably still true that um, men account for twenty percent of the fiction book market. That, mm. that most fiction is purchased and read by women. What the fuck? What is the problem? Why? Why? Why, why is this a thing? Or like, I, but I anecdotally I feel like this is true. Like I'm not sure mm-hmm. I have a lot of guy friends who are plowing through novels the way I have lady friends who are who are plowing through novels. And I don't understand why. Now, me, I don't get through a lot of books because I have absolutely no time. But I, I don't know. What, what, is the, what is the difference here? 
I'm trying to like mm. go back to the beginning and look through We're my gonna own life. We're going to make some guesses and generalizations here. I'm just going to preface with that before we do anything that's gender-based. But I'm going to think, like, I think women also just read more. Because, again, this is anecdotally from my life experience. Uh, go for it, Katie. Uh, so I have been reading more lately because I kind of deliberately sought out a bunch of uh, romance novels, basically. And I asked for recommendations Ooh. from a friend who, like, knows, like, you know, better quality, modern-ish romance novels. Um, and those are really, really, really heavily marketed at women and not that men can't read them. Um, but I wonder if there is like a genre, like women's literature with like Reese's Book Club and Oprah's Book Club is like, I think really defined. And I don't know that there's a like easy men's literature that's the same. Because <laughs> the reason I'm reading these I books is like they're Jordan easy. Peterson's. Yeah, exactly. Book. Like I think that like, you know, the new Jonathan right. Franzen is probably read by more like an equal amount of men and women, but like I can't handle that all the time. Yeah. And I don't know what like the male equivalent of that would be. Yeah. I don't think there's like yep. a uh, Tom Clancy book club thing. That's I get no. Yeah. Tom Clancy's actually Tom Clancy. John Grisham are like the exact perfect examples of this. So they wonder what, what the current version is. But, but we don't have a lot of authors who are, I'm I'm thinking of right now on Hulu. There's conversations with friends. The Sarah Rooney adaptation. I feel like every year there's a few Sally Rooney. Um, Sally Rooney. Sorry. Um, a few like female writers who are kind of emerging as like we're writing the next great set of books this year. I don't feel like I get a lot of men who are doing the same or getting the same acclaim or writing maybe the same kind of like heightened literary genre fiction or something that would fit into those categories and make it easy to prop up in a in a book club way I, i'm not sure what's missing what's the missing ingredient is it like men aren't writing the the books to attract men to read more fiction or are men just like not into fiction for some strange however they're wired way i i don't really i don't really know i feel like a lot of the books i wind up reading are written by women too hmm i mean what was the last fiction you read uh, what is the last fiction book that I read? Well, I'm reading a new book by my good friend, Tracy Lynn, who, uh, is, uh, God, what is the name of the book? It's coming out later this year. I should promote this book for her. <laughs> uh, All That's Left Unsaid, I think is the name of the book. Everyone should pre-order it. It's great. Um, yeah, I'm excited to, for her to put this book out because we're really good friends and she's been working on it for a long time. But, uh, no, I mean, what was the last, like, new... I also don't read a lot of like new fiction, right? I'm trying to always go back and like read classics too. So I don't have a good example. Interesting. I, I want to read that. Um, what's her name? Emily St. Mandel book, her new book, the sea of tranquility. Oh yeah. That's on my radar. Um, but again, like I'm not looking at, I couldn't even name like a new guy author that I'd want to like, Oh, I got to check out his book. The last like big book written by a guy that I could think of. Um, God damn came out when I was at Esquire. It was like City on Fire or something. New York. Well, do you know what I'm talking about? It was like, this is the hot yeah. tome of 2018 or something. I can't remember. I'm looking. But, I've been keeping a list of the books that I'm reading. I mean, I read uh, the Mike Nichols biography. I don't know if that's like a okay. big dude book, but... Uh, but that's you know. nonfiction. And I yeah, think that's nonfiction. I, You're right. A lot of the guys I know read nonfiction books. And I don't yeah, know if I read a lot of nonfiction books. Too, if oh, I read yeah. fiction, oh, actually, I, I read plenty of that. It's more likely to be like a series. 
so like i've read you know some of the new star wars novels uh i've like perpetually on caliban's war in the expanse ser not series of novels because i am incredibly slow with that and then i also see a lot of people who are like you know i'm still publishing my fantasy thing and they seem to get readers somehow but yeah i'm not i don't think i'm part of an active group that is like let's look at the new literature i'm not uh no uh, there's we no, should do no booking in the war room fighting here. in the war room book club oh that would get me to read a book yeah i mean i god knows <laughs> i read more books there are plenty of books i read because it's like work somehow just because that's how who is the uh who's like the male equivalent of reese witherspoon who could start a book club that would get that would activate men who is a male which, like, which actor who isn't which, jordan peterson <laughs> Which actor question. should start a book club that would activate men? Like Channing Tatum book club? I don't do know Channing if Tatum men... I don't think he has like men, male fans in the same way. You might be right. Who do men adore? Idris Elba book club. Who do men... You'd like, be recommending like manga. Who do yeah. men adore? That's such a good question. Who do men adore? There are not male influencers. Dave, do you have, do you adore, do you follow, Dave, you're on Instagram, right? Are you on Instagram? Do you actively uh, use Instagram? Yeah, sort of. I'm not active on Instagram, okay. uh, but I'm around. I, I don't use Instagram to follow people I don't know. I recently unfollowed Julia Fox, like the only celebrity. Oh, God. Because I'm, yeah, I would have done that. Oh, I'm tired I'm of her wearing January like, denim, denim jackets and swimsuits. You follow January Jones? That's a good Yeah, follow. just because I her just, pandemic stuff like just started going off the wall, oof. and I'm like, I want this in my life. Gee, that's going to be what I remember her for and not her acting, I think. That is, uh, that's, that's a good follow. I, I've, I've navigated there. Um, but yeah, no, I don't follow like male influencers who are telling me how to live my life as a man. I guess I find that toxic. It's interesting that I, women no, are you're, like, you're totally right. It's like, yeah, a, women uh, are like, here's how to be, here, like, yeah, women, like, let's collect and be part of, like, team up and, like, recommend good things to each other and great, let's prop up women writers and stuff. Like, that's positive. But if you were a man being like, let's get men in here and, like, talk about the male experience. Like, let's prop up some male writers. I think that would look pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, just not the time, Patches. We have a century of uh, male-dominated No, I understand, uh, but I'm like, I would, I would be interested in a book that Write, like, writes a nuanced perspective about the male experience. You, you, know what, you know what you should do is you should start this book club, but in order to make book. it popular, you could either write a book or make it invitation only in secret. Being like, the Just for Men book club. And people will be like, what the fuck's in there? And you're like, I just want a safe space to talk. You're right. <laughs> just want to I read the I think I figured man. out a void that I could fill. Yeah. All right, let's... Yeah, but it's like Fight Club. You don't talk about straight male book club. Katie's getting sleepy. I got, I got to wrap up here. Um, I, I did have a, just a few more questions. One, it was inspired by the 20th anniversary of Star Wars Attack of the Clones. Uh, how, yes. do we, how do we feel about sand? Gets everywhere. Mm -hmm. Of course. I know, there, yeah. I know there are people who just like not do like not you. care for sand at all. But I like the beach, and I, I don't know. How do, you, how do you feel about Is sand like dirt? Does it feel gross to you, or do you bask in sand? Oh, this oh, is the misunderstanding the of the fucking Attack of the Clones line. Him saying <laughs> that he doesn't like sand is because he grew up on a fucking sand planet. I, 
He's just saying he didn't like being a slave on a sand planet. He doesn't have anything against sand. My Star Wars but reference him, here like, is very tangential. He's like, my sand isn't beaches. <laughs> to him, the sand is, represents everything bad about his life. It's not, he didn't get the chance to do beach sand. So, like, do I love myself I uh, beach I sand? Do I have Heidi Klum in a swimsuit issue with sand covering her body, mm. like, from the mid-90s locked in my mind? Yeah, I don't hate sand, but I, I see where that line came from in that other one, uh, that badly written movie from but Top But do you personally to like to dig in the sand? Do you want to put your hand in the sand and feel the sand? Do you like sand? Uh, yeah. I like, yeah, go, go, go for yeah, it. Yeah, I like sand. I like being at the beach. I like that, uh, like a sand table for children. Um, I don't know. I find it kind of satisfying to have something you can kind of manipulate in that way. Yeah, I like uh, sand, sand tables, sandboxes, beach sand. Uh, I was swimming in the ocean in the south of France one time. I know my, I have a horrible life and uh, <laughs> stepped it. Stepped in something I thought was mud and pulled up my foot and it was a diaper and ever since I don't Whoa! like the beach. Wow. I was going to say, you're also from a landlocked state. So I couldn't see you. Being Not a mistake. Place. Don't like the ocean. Can't see really? what's at the bottom. Fucking filthy. Microplastics apparently just like invading <laughs> my body. And then like, that's where Godzilla and the dinosaurs are. I don't, I don't, I don't want any part of that. That's it's great. just like space when if I'm pushed too hard in one direction, that's just it. I'm dead. I don't like it. Um, I have a big, big question and a very little question. My big, big question is this. Do you guys think about just the afterlife? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> when was, uh, do you, do you, am I, should I seek help where I'm just like, on a random Tuesday, I'll be like, what do you do when you die? My daughter is obsessed with death. She's like, where, mm. where, where do the cats go? Where did our old cat go? She wasn't even around for the old cat. She just has seen pictures of it. And I'm like, I can't process this. I don't have anything new to tell you. But the fact that I don't have anything new, it seems kind of strange. Like, you'd think that your ideas on this would maybe advance some throughout time. But I'm not, I'm not sure I have any, any update. And I'm just like, maybe I should. Maybe I should be seeking new answers in this world. And I'm like, maybe you guys uh, think about this stuff. I thought about this a lot after Sam was born, so I wonder if this is a thing that happens when you have your second child and you're like watching this brand new life and thinking about uh I don't know, the end the end of it. Um yeah, I get really freaked out when I think too much about it. So I kind of try to I try to uh, I'm with you. at, I'm at with you. best accept the mystery and at worst uh, you know, fixate on how everything around me will be gone someday. Have a great life. <laughs> yeah. Seize the day. There's nothing after this. It's cold blackness and the electricity leaves your brain and that's it. So that's the reason to love and live and laugh. And even your pain is a blessing because at the end, it's just nothing. Now you're into to, something. I'm trying to get more into like the energy that's firing through your synapses somehow continues through space and that you'll be thinking even without your physical self. Think hmm. I'm uh that's too much. That's too much consciousness for me. I love being a part of everything. I do not want to be in control of anything. Mm. Having to you make decisions to keep myself <laughs> and other people alive is the most stressful thing about living. Like this is why you don't have uh, children. I do think keeping other people yeah, alive is a big part of it. I will. I will give different advice to you guys and anybody that is listening that is like raising children. I do think it's important to let kids uh, come to the endless void on their own so i would yeah. absolutely afterlife pump them up 
you know you gotta yeah, you they gotta tell you have a lot that to like uh with 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 kids they tell you not to um well it depends how you want to raise your kids they christian people don't tell you this <laughs> which is like <laughs> don't talk about heaven if you don't want your kids to believe in heaven or like yeah. don't tell them that the cat went to heaven if you don't believe in heaven okay that makes sense but then like then you're just at a loss because it's like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't it's know. It's not something you really want to tell your kids. I don't well, know. except that's the truest thing you could tell them. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, the only reason I would say is that like, it's nice to have a weird, cold, scientific view of the world when it's calming emotions and you're an adult. Uh, but I don't want to be like, be true with kids and then kids are afraid to close their yeah. eyes because they just think blackness <laughs> right. is nothingness. Yeah. So like, there's... There's ways to fuck it up. I think it's really important. When I that sleep, you... I go to hell. No, mm -hmm. no, child. yeah, exactly. No. You have to give them just enough now, to here's feel my small okay final and question. know that intellectually. All right, good. small final yeah. question. Let's let's go small here. So, uh, I'm in baby world. Obviously, when you have a baby, you have to do all the wash for the baby with baby detergent. That's... What baby detergent did you use? I use unscented Kirkland brand detergent from Costco. Baby detergent is a complete crock. You do not oh, have really? to do this. Yeah. Just use unscented detergent. That's it interesting. Just, I, should I mean, do I that. guess if your kid has super sensitive skin, there's an argument for it. But I think that baby detergent My baby is does a have marketing super scheme. bad baby acne. Well, yeah, they all get baby acne. They do. No, but like it's bad. Um, anyway, we use Draft. I use Draft. Sure. It smells Draft. good. Yeah, no, it smells and good. And then I realized Here. it was. <laughs> stupid it's just yeah it's stupid no but here's the thing um this, it, the question is beyond this which is okay how do you how did how did you pick your normal detergent like what detergent do you use and why do you use it uh we use unscented kirkland brand because everyone can use it in our household and we don't want it to smell like anything because of but because you have a costco membership yeah not exactly because, not because you figured out this is the detergent to use for your clothes that it's good no detergent. no i don't have a i don't have strong detergent feelings i'm not, i used to love like the smell of the detergent aisle and now like that that smell smell it smells more artificial to me than it used to i'm like why am i using a tide pod why did we settle on this yeah we still do the liquid thing i don't know the tide pods thing i get why people like them but they have never felt necessary to me Dave, what's your yep, laundry setup? Do liquids. you have laundry in your bill in your um apartment? Unit, yeah, we have it in the unit. Okay. Oh, what uh, we do liquid, uh, cheap, and very much not my decision. I'm still very <laughs> bad at laundry. How are you bad um, at laundry? What does that mean? I mean, I do the laundry, but everything goes together, and it all is in like a similar size load, and it gets done when it gets done. And I still have T-shirts from when I was a freshman in high school it's just like I, i'm not literally not thinking about it the minimum amount if it smells it has to go in the laundry other than that it's it's a crapshoot is there any gross. product that you will not buy just like store brand i i was like figuring out if i should buy generic honey nut cheerios or real honey nut cheerios the other day and i was like what is the difference between these two why why would i not pick generic store brand it, yeah, cereal. cereals i always go generic yeah, cereal brands. is incredibly marked up like you you save yourself a ton of money that way and who are the people who are determined and who are dedicated to general mills brand cereals are like 
I've never, I have no relationship with uh, products at all, I, I realize. I don't oh, care. Oh, I have lots of those. Like what? Uh, to go back to 1999, sorry, I was talking about another podcast that wasn't... It. To go back to another uh, like, podcast that has nothing to do with this one. <laughs> uh-huh. I got all the, the Phantom Menace Dr. Pepper cans, and, you know, I've uh, bought the occasional okay. uh, weird cereal that's had to do with different marketing, but it's literally for the marketing. It's like, if there's a Spider-Man tissue box, That's I will different. buy it. Mm. Why? You can get Yoda on a Doritos bag because Yoda's on it, but you're not buying you Doritos white every sugar week. onto Chex Mix and ta- it tastes like Frosted Flakes. Like, food is food. You gotta right. break down things. I don't have like, a lot of brand fidelity to those things. That's good, I think. Yeah. But, like, but I will buy the expensive weird one because it's like, what the fuck, a Sonic cereal? Like, okay. I gotta try that. So that's when they I get love, fuck. I love a cereal gimmick. Yeah. Uh, I had this thought yeah, when I was gimmick. doing screen drafts last night, uh, which I guess won't have aired when people hear this. We were talking about Men in Black, and so I was like, yeah, the Men in Black, like, Happy Meal toys. Which, what was it? Like, Burger King, McDonald's, everyone was like, oh, it had to be Burger King. And I was like, why do we know that? Because like, like, it was right, and I felt it too, but I have no clue why. I was just like, oh, well, obviously Burger King would have had the Men in Black meal. That's branding that, like, worked on me that I don't even Whoa. know why. Yeah, or the Batman Forever uh, McDonald's uh, glasses that they had like four of, and I had to get them. It was weird. So yeah, uh, uh, Patches, I think what we've learned is that all our base human skills that we're trying to define without talking about a brand or pop culture, those are all getting worse. But our (laughs) pop culture seems to be getting interesting and more diverse. It might be harder to find movies or TV shows or books that you like. But it seems like we'll be able to if we want to. We just not might not be able to read cursive, uh, <laughs> use any sort of plastics, or uh, buy the correct cereal. Those things, those are the battles our generation has lost. Wow, what an excellent Thank you for finding summary. the grand theory. Yeah, the grand yeah. through line of this uh, of these questions that are spinning around my mind. And and thank and you. And men need to, you, uh, to uh, men deserve books. Them. Yeah, men, men deserve go books. Read books, books. Men. We're, we're gonna start a book club, I guess, for men. <laughs> Uh, I actually I would love anyone who's still listening at this point uh, if anyone wants to hear a specific book on a fighting in the war room book club I would love that I would yeah. love probably not something book. that's going to be a movie I don't know like does yes. that maybe it should be but it'd be tired kind of, of no be I'm tired to just of go homework. off of it yeah I do yeah, a lot let's of just homework read a book for book's sake yeah guys I've been trying to get Java to read House of Leaves for 11 years <laughs> Never done that. I'm, yeah, maybe that's not the best place to start. All right, Katie, take us out. That's wow. it. That's the podcast. That was fun. That's the podcast. Uh, that does it for this week's show. We'll be back next week. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. It's- It'll oh, we, we should talk about Chip and Dale next week. Oh, we should talk about Chip and Dale. I'm next into week. it. Yes, yeah. yes. We should do that. Uh, uh, I'm gonna try to see Men, but and I've seen Bob's Burgers. People are people are Maverick. watching the process happen right in front of them right now. We'll be back <laughs> next week talking about of. Chip and Dale. Uh, David won't <laughs> be back yet, so just us again. Enjoy it. Uh, in the meantime, tell people who you are. I am Matt Patches uh, on leave from polygon.com where i'm usually the deputy editor but uh i'm not right now i'm focusing on other projects like how to eat a shoe for the release of top gun 2 um and um uh, amongst them but remember 
if you want to listen to old episodes, I think we referenced Dave going to space camp. And we're not going to tell you where that episode is, but if you want to listen to all of them in order to find references to Dave's trip to space camp, go to fightinginthewarm.com. You can listen to all the old episodes right there. If we really had our act together, we could make this a proper like scavenger hunt and have a reward for whoever finds it. But Maybe we would do have to fit something together because we do have to launch uh, volume two and volume three. I need to do some cleanup on our oh, Fighting no. in the War Room's various feeds. Uh, but... Patches is absolutely right. Fightingintheworm.com. All the episodes are up there. They're downloadable in MP3 form. You know how to use those things. That's that's for all ages. Uh, you can find David Ehrlich, not here, but on the internet, on Twitter at David Ehrlich. You can also find him at IndieWire, where he's reviewing stuff from Can, where he is right now. I'm Dave Gonzalez. You can find me on Twitter at DA7E. You can find me on the Trial by Content podcast on the Spotify. You can also find my Patreon at patreon.com slash Dave, DA7E, and Neil. Neil spelled the normal way. And you could email us your international reviews or anything. Ask me what music's on the podcast. I'll absolutely tell you. At FITWR.podcast at gmail.com. That's all my stuff. Go, Kate. Wow. Wow. Um, I'm Katie Rich. You can find me at Vanity Fair on the Little Gold Men podcast, where this week uh, Jordan Hoffman's on. It feels like a real fighting in the war room moment. Uh, So uh, come listen to me talk to Jordan Hoffman, not on this podcast. Um, You can uh, find me on Twitter at Katie Rich, K-A-T-E-Y-R-I-C-H. And we're all on Twitter at F-I-T-W-R, where really and truly I would love your book club recommendations. Or you can just answer this week's lightning round question, which was... In honor of men, what's cinema's creepiest male performance? Thanks for listening, and we'll be back talking to you next week. I'm glowing bright obsidian. That's a love I am simian. Unelemental chemicals. Got me growing six black tentacles. A little nightmare. I'm done.